so cool. Amazing. It's amazing. Oh my god. Wow. This is super cool. Hello and welcome to Stir Fry Fascination. This is part two of an interview with Peter Wust, where we talk about music and the brain. Oh, I actually wanted to get into speaking of hairs. And that's Bram van Langen, my co-host for the episode. And go ahead, Bram. I was wondering, um, I was thinking of goosebumps. Can you answer why do we get goosebumps when we hear music that we like? Why we get goosebumps from music is still pretty unknown, but there are these theories that music, what music does is it plays around with our predictions. We talked a lot about that last time. So let's say you have a prediction of something's going to happen and then something else is going to happen, but sometimes it's so super nice. But in fact, there's also a small fear related to something that is different. And so some researchers uh, have speculated that this might be the reason why we get these goosebumps because you have these immensely pleasurable situations that are also connected to these fear-related uh, systems. And when a cat is afraid, then it raises its, uh, what do you call it, fur. And of course, it's it's because uh, it makes it look uh, bigger. So it's a this fight, flight or freeze uh, response. I think there must be some credit to this. I remember I was reading a book by John uh, Le Carre, uh, one of my favorite authors. And, and I it was a very long book and I didn't understand anything. And everything seemed to be very blurry. And it was called, I think, A Small Town in Germany. And then suddenly on page 385, it dawned on me that I had been misunderstanding everything and everything was terrible. And there was, it was, and I remember very vividly that I got these goosebumps that were both pleasurable because, you know, in, in a way, the brain, when you have these, these experiences that make you ready for flight, then the brain is, uh, there's a lot of adrenaline and there's dopamine and a lot of different compounds to make you be able to f flee faster. But these are also very pleasurable. And this is at least the same experience I can have with music. So, so it's a good hypothesis. I don't know whether a anybody has proven it or has, has, has uh, made a good experiment. Yeah, it can also it, be difficult as there are so many different elements that can evoke goosebumps it could be heat can be cold can also be something pleasurable or like music yeah but one thing we know we we know that this or at least we think we know because these are pretty new studies but they show that the you know the dopamine release they're very much influenced by the anticipation so so the prediction part of it is pretty uh, well established that this is a big part of uh uh, the dopamine release to music. Speaking of emotions, uh, there is this concept of the blue notes. I don't actually know what they are. Probably most musicians actually know what it is already, but I have no clue. The blue notes are, and this is also quite uh, strange. I haven't uh, looked into any research of it, but in the blues, you have these notes that are uh, not really in tune, but they have to be a little bit out of tune, typically between uh, the minor and the major third. So if you have bum bum, that's a major third, and this is a minor third. And in the blues, you'll go do de 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 de. You know, so it's just slightly out of tune, and it makes it more 
in a way annoying to the brain, but also more so that you have to listen. And some people are really experts in, like like a guitarist like B.B. King. That's why also B- guitar is, of course, a, a typical blues instrument. And it, it might not be on purpose, but but at least fantastic guitar player like B.B. King, he could just twist it a little bit so it's just out of tune. And interestingly also, if you listen to John Coltrane, which is is probably at least top five best uh, uh, tenor sax players in jazz who has ever lived, my personal favorite. But he would be slightly out of tune, especially when he was playing the the soprano saxophone. And it sounds so nice and nobody can do it like him. But if you look at the the note, it's it's not on tune. And this is also something that uh, expresses uh, your personality. Because, like, one of the things is uh, with with John Coltrane, for instance, when he plays, you know, you have to listen. He plays in a way so so insisting. And this is part of it. It's like, I'm a little bit out of tune. It's just to make sure that you listen to what I'm playing. It's, this is... Uh, Maybe I should start speaking that way as well. Yeah, I would prefer not. Um. Now, now, I know very little of the brain. And there's one thing that is uh, always that uh, kept me wondering for a long time you keep on hearing people that they say like oh people musically uh musically talented they they could also be very well at the uh mathematics mm. now i know close to nothing <laughs> mathematics and i kept wondering like what went wrong in my brain? Brad, because you're a musician too, and a, and a very good one. Like, why can't you understand math the way maybe exactly <laughs> other musicians? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, it's it's such a good uh, question. I think the good answer to it is that uh, there are many ways of being a good musician. Like I usually say to my PhD students, you know, there are many ways of be becoming a good researcher. And, uh, and and we need a lot of different types. And this is the beautiful part about music. It is that you have these students come, uh, you know, coming at the uh, academy, the music conservatory, and they just want to play exactly like Diego Pastorius or some really good bass player, right? And 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 they often actually succeed succeed in 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 reaching this, this level almost, but they are never hired because it's not interesting. No. You you it have copycats. Music is something where you need to make sure that you can express your personality, and there are very uh, there are many examples of people who have probably very little uh, musical abilities in the sense, uh, in the normal sense, the conservatory sense that have have gone really far with their musical abilities, and the thing is just to get back to it, I think. A sense of mathematics is really good when you're practicing. This is something that can help you a lot when you... So when you... For instance, one of the things we all do is that we play scales. And then what we do is that we play patterns within the scale. So if you have a scale, bum, 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 then we play a pattern, bum, 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 and so forth. And you play a lot of different patterns. And to figure out how many patterns there are and what to practice, it's actually quite good to have a sense of, of mathematics. But you can also do it in a different way, and you can say, well, I'm not doing it like that. I, I can play a scale, of course, but then 
I sort of use my intuition and I listen to music and I get it like that and then I play th- stuff that that this musician for instance has played and play around with it and uh, are creative with it so I think there are so many ways of being uh, musical so so it doesn't make any sense to say well these are the things that you must have in order to be musical and of course this is this goes back to the whole question of why we have music uh, as a species it's it's really a mystery in a way because of course it it's interesting that we we all have music basically there are only very few people who are a, a music or tone deaf or or it, uh, don't get any um pleasure from music so so why do we have music where does it come from and of course there are these these different theories but uh one of the thing, theories is that well you hear everything as music when you're born the the mother's voice when she's trying to speak to you is is you 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 have no idea of what she's talking about but you can hear the you can hear the music in her the way she she speaks and what what uh, mothers and fathers of course but uh, they have only done research on mothers in this case and what you can see is actually if you if 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 the mother is speaking to a child uh in this software that mothers can do it doesn't do anything to them at least when when mothers sing to their child you can see child you can see that the cortisol level their stress hormone so there it goes down so they are less stressed when when the mothers sing to them and not when they speak to them so maybe music has this very profound communication of emotions and you can actually regulate your children already before they have a, a normal language and then it continues to be an emotional language that we need because the normal language is often at least so so concrete that we need some abstract direct emotional uh, communication uh, in order for us to function as groups i think this relates also to an experiment that you've done the finger tapping experiment oh yeah yeah this is my favorite subject you probably need a little bit of background to 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 understand this but but the thing is that what we know about the brain nowadays and the way we think about it is that we think about it as as oscillators a lot of oscillators basically a neuron is an oscillator right so 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 a neuron will fire and 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 uh, and and communicate to the to the other uh, neurons and and if you have an an assembly of 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 neurons it'll fire in a way so it creates like these kinds of waveforms that can uh, oscillate at different frequencies frequencies yeah so so this is basically what the brain does so so when two uh, brain areas are uh, connecting they are they're trying to synchronize their os- oscillations and this is how you can see at the, that they are communicating so uh so th- this is basically what you can observe when you do EEG for instance you know these electrodes that you put on the heads so what we do as human beings is that we couple our actions so for instance when we walk together on the street we uh, m- more often than than not we are we are walking at the same speed even though our natural way of walking might not be at that speed so on one side you want to walk in your, at your own speed on the other you would like to couple your actions to the other person's uh and this is very funny because we all do this we, we have this research where you put people on rocking chairs 
and ask them to speak together and they try to uh, you know synchronize their their rocking with the chairs even though one chair is much harder to rock than the other for uh, so 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 this is <laughs> what we do experiment <laughs> yeah and what we could show so we have this we have these experiments where we put people into two rooms and they're tapping together and they're listening to each other and this tapping behavior how they synchronize together and that can be in different ways you know some couples one is the leader and the other is the follower right in other couples it's it's the vice versa in yet other couples they're alternating be between being leaders and follow, followers tap from tap to tap we call them hyper followers because they're all they're so eager to follow each other that's the most normal thing we're so eager to follow each other then we adjust our tapping uh, rate all yeah. the time so uh, and some people are actually also leader leaders so if you put two drummers typically in uh, in 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 the two rooms they're just both saying i i got it so they're <laughs> both leaders i mean uh, <laughs> so there's no synchronization and they don't follow each other they, no but they're so good at it so at least it, at the rate we, we're doing it, they're not drifting too much. And we have a large da 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 data set where we had people doing this together. And how they do it, all the different ways there are, we can actually very nicely model that as every person having two oscillators. They don't need uh, one billion uh, neurons that they have. They only need two, two neurons that can, uh, oh, yeah, maybe two oscillators. Imagine two brains. So in each of the two brains, there are two oscillators. One that sort of mimics what they think the other one is doing, and the other that, that actually tries to, to act to, to tap yourself. So who's responsible for that. So there's one responsible for the incoming, what they li you listen to, and one responsible to what you have to tap. Corresponding to the auditory and the motor system, in a way. Well, I guess I can see how music could help there, because... If you're both sort of oscillating to an external source, then you have something that's maybe a little bit more predictable than each other to, to uh, uh, synchronize with. So you're basically getting into the groove with the music first and then with each other. Exactly. A a exactly. And, and this is, uh, you're completely right. And this is also why musicians are better at this. They're much better at doing this than non-musicians, of course, because this is what we are trained to do. Everything we, we do, this is just a small simple model of what every musicians is do, a musician is doing right and it's the incentive uh, also like if you do um, get into the groove together so to speak that you do copy each other is that you do produce like this uh, dopamine or uh, oxytocin uh, exactly and when in the interesting part is here we can model this mathematically as two oscillators in each person a perception and an action model uh, 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 oscillator but when you brain scan people because this is of course just a model we don't know whether it's true or not but when you brain scan people uh, with EEG or you're not scanning them you're measuring them with EEG then what you see is the auditory cortex the motor cortex and the parietal cortex a, a, a cortex which is sort of the mediator between the two so in my opinion this is because you perceive it through your ears then you have to act with your motor system, but you also have well, have to have something in between that couples what you listen to and what you're what you're acting with. This is of course speculation still, but it's it's striking how how this actually works. Okay, cool. So I had a different question pertaining to drugs, because you always hear that 
the way people listen to music changes when they take drugs. So I was wondering if you've read any studies on that. Of course, we're doing them. So uh, we haven't published it yet. So uh, I'm reluctant to, reluctant to talk too much about it. But I can tell you that, of course, different drugs will affect you in different ways. So if you think about alcohol, one thing that, that uh, uh, an early study showed was that if you get alcohol, you want simpler music. Wow. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? It's, wow, that's a good story. But it is actually kind of a little bit interesting to, to, to me because when I was young, I played these party music uh, bands always. And, you know, they would always phone us and say, yeah, we want some really nice jazz. And when you come to the party and they had uh, half a bottle of red wine, then they didn't want jazz. They wanted something really simple. And and this is, uh, but even for myself, if if I get a little bit, uh, 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 some drinks and so forth, I ha I will happily uh, sing along with the most, uh, what we call dance top, uh, you know, the 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 old kind of um, popular, yeah, even. Uh, before popular music, right? So, so uh, this is this is one thing, of course. But what we're interested in, especially, is LSD because that's a completely different thing. I haven't tried LSD myself. I'm a complete uh, uh, novice uh, when it comes to any kind of drugs. But but what what the theory is that it de-emphasizes the top-down predictions. So everything that comes in is re-evaluated anew, and you are looking at it and think, "Oh, what was that?" And and uh, what that would mean for the brain would be that the brain would be more entropic, and that means that the brain would sort of uh, have much more. Usually, we're talking about brain states, and and when we are, for instance, lying on our bed uh, in our bed, we might go to, uh, through. Uh, 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 five or ten different states of the brain in in one half minute or something like that, but w what what the theory on LSD and music would predict, and I'm not telling you what we found, but the theory would predict that we would have much more more instances of these brain states, and they would be shifting more rapidly between each other. Okay. So, uh, so, so what, are the, uh, what are the different brain states we're talking about here? Yeah, the the thing brain states is is the connectivity. So when the the ones that wire to uh, or the the ones that uh, uh, are in sync are basically connecting. So you have a network uh, that is, for instance, could be the default mode network, which is where which would be the most uh, common one when we are complete at rest. Uh, but uh, and this is of course a diff different places in the brain that is connected, and then it changes to another network and a third network and a motor network and a executive uh, function network and different kinds of networks that sort of shift all the time. But you because don't say it's these, these yeah. cannot be active at the same time, or, or we have to shift. Uh, they can basically they in some instances because they have these nodes that bind them together, so you can have two brain states that are active at the same time. And, but the more normal thing is that they sort of shift between each other uh, all the time. So uh, so and this would simply happen faster and more in a, uh, and more unpredictable in in the. Uh, Uh, but the interesting part is when you then play music, 
what the theory is, and that might be why you everybody uses music when or that's I've I've heard that that most people use music when they are uh, taking these drugs, uh, especially LSD, and this is also what you prescribe when you use it as um, uh, as a therapy. Uh, you use music together with it, and what it makes people uh, give them an anchor that they can hold on to, and what supposedly should be happening is then that the brain when it gets LSD it becomes very entropic then the music takes it back a little bit so that in order to better control the the trip right so that's the theory also because music gives you a sense of time and that's it the episode was woven glued together slapped in place by me Rasmus Anderson Special thanks to Peter Wust and Bram van Langen for joining me, and to everyone who listened. See you in the next one.